everybody, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three average Joes attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions in the cinema, or more aptly, um, modern-day streaming services. My name is Sam Chung, and I am so excited because we here at Crowning Around, we love a good kinky moment, and prestige television like HBO and Netflix have um, like basically made including kinky moments a requirement in all of their best content. And we love that so much that we hand out a Kinky Crown Award every episode. And today we are talking about uh, The Crown Season 2, Episode 7, Matrimonium, which I think may be the kinkiest episode that we have had to date. And so with me here to break it down, as always, uh, are my two co-hosts. First, a pajama man and proud of it. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, what, are, what is your go-to pajama pattern? Um, lack thereof. Oh, you're not a pajama man. Definitely not. Oh wow. Okay. I, I I run I run a little hot when I sleep. I I need things <laughs> to be airy. Noted. Um, and also back once again, a woman who always nesting dolls at least five boxes before you get to the actual gift. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, do people enjoy this or do they get really frustrated by this? You know, I think you would enjoy it for like a moment that's supposed to be spread out to be like really suspenseful. But if it was just like an everyday thing where like every single one of your like Amazon packages like came that way, I think it would start to get pretty annoying. Okay. So, you know. That's fair. Um, as always, right off the top, we want to say that, you know, we don't have any knowledge about the actual events that transpired, although they were very juicy and we're just going to assume that they're all true. Illegitimate child, multiple relationships, it's all true. And so that's how we're going to go off of, you know, what we saw in Matrimonium. So to get things kicked off today, um, I believe, Carlin, you have a recap for us. Okay, so for this episode, I'm going to try to like not spoil every single kinky moment here. We're going to just get like the, the basics of what happened. So we start off with this um, lovely sequence of getting to see Peter Townsend once again, but this time no shirt. And... <laughs> We have this fun little montage of both of them waking up, both him and Margaret waking up. It ends up culminating in Margaret reading a letter. And in the letter, our friend Peter has said that there was a pact that the two of them had where they would not get married to anyone else if they couldn't marry each other, you know, as all good, like forbidden lovebirds do. But he says that he wants to break that pact for none other than a 19-year-old girl. And uh, so that's Margaret's new news. You know, nothing seems to go well in uh, Margaret Town for that long. And this is like the newest thing. And so she is, as we know, still dating Dreamboat Tony. And so they're like at a at a gallery opening for him. And Margaret's just like, hey, you know, this happened to me. Like, let's just get married. And Tony is like, no, I don't I don't like marriage. I'm not going to get married. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, Margaret. Not only has she not been proposed to many times, but now she has had her proposal rejected. And so then we get to see that Tony has a very interesting relationship with his mother where he is always trying. He is like the, the first marriage son and his dad was just like a normie. But then his mom remarried someone in the aristocracy. So his like half brother is a... Uh, total upper class, like, you know, always being compared to the point where his mom didn't even show up to his gallery opening for something that like his brother was doing. And it was very well specified that Tony's thing happens once a year. 
and whatever was happening with the brother which again i don't really know i didn't like actually remember what it was that happens like once a month so like clearly tony is not the favorite child which is just so unfortunate and so basically um tony then you know in his uh he's just you know he's having a bad time and he goes to talk to none other than so there is a mrs fry so all right tony he's uh he's got a little affair going on but not only that he's having an affair with both the fries mr and mrs and so they're just kind of having casual chats and tony's like yeah i'm still dating margaret and like i think i have to marry her and they're like why would you do that you don't even want to get married and you have like five other really hot girlfriends so like it's not gonna work out for you man but he's like not i think i have to we of course then see tony's next move of whether or not he's going to let go of his playboy life for matrimony because it's clear that that's what he thinks his mom wants and he actually does we get a nice margaret and uh tony sex scene so that's always fun but then let's bring in elizabeth oh wait did i say that tony proposed like he did propose after they had sex that happened and anyway, so the, <laughs> so Elizabeth finds out about the marriage, like the, the engagement, and she's like, "Yeah, this is cool. Like, I'm not going to stop this marriage, but um, I, I'm sorry to say that I'm having a baby, and you have to wait until after my baby's born to get married." Which, like, let's be honest, Margaret's like main objective here was to get married before Peter, and once again, Elizabeth ruined everything by having another baby. And so, yeah, you know, then Elizabeth, uh, she has to, you know, she she cast a, she's on thin ice. She can't, like, really say anything bad about this. But she has the uh, secretaries, like, look into Tony. And it is revealed that Tony does have all these affairs. And Mrs. Fry is pregnant. And a lot of the affairs were gay. And Elizabeth's reaction is to immediately be so shocked that she goes into labor with Andrew. And then Prince Andrew, baby, we know nothing about his future, how he'll turn out, is born. And um, Margaret goes in to see the new baby. And uh, she's like, I'm still getting married, right? And Elizabeth is like, she tries to warn her, but she's like, I can't. I can't ruin this marriage. I already ruined so many of Margaret's other potential marriages. So the affairs are left a secret as far as we know. And Margaret and Tony have a nice wedding. And that's obviously going to go really well for them. And, you know, happily ever after. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Obviously. Thank you, Carlin. Um, so, Ivan, let's start with Peter Townsend. I did not think there was enough Peter Townsend in this episode. I wanted to see more of Peter Townsend considering how absent he's been in season two. Really? I did. I especially was very curious about his 19-year-old child bride, Mary Luce. <laughs> the the 19-year-old that he says that he's now known for, quote, a few yeah. years. <laughs> Wait, I didn't even pick up on that, but that is so yeah. bad. Well, yeah, because she's his photographer slash secretary. What a multi-hyphenate. Um, <laughs> right. Um, okay, yeah, that's... Do we know how old he was, like, how old Margaret was? Because, like, this seems to be a pattern with him. <laughs> this is unfortunate. Um, I'm not sure, but I feel like she's also... I mean, I don't, she's not that young, but she was, I feel like, pretty young during their relationship. Pretty young. All right, so Peter, um, he likes the youngins. Yes. So, Margaret, you might have dodged a bullet there. I want to know how long his marriage to the 19-year-old lasted. But we can't look it up, so who knows? So, yeah, this episode, all about Margaret. We love a good Margaret-centric episode, but it feels, and we obviously don't know to what extent this is accurate, but we, we can just assume 
it feels like they present Margaret wanting to get married as purely a revenge ploy. It doesn't feel right. like there's much behind the relationship between her and Tony on either side. So, yeah, it doesn't look good for them long term. I mean, theoretically, but I don't know that intro scene where you just see them like gossiping about people. I don't know. That kind of seems like an ideal relationship. Like, it seems like she's more emotionally like open with Tony than like I would expect from a woman in the early, like late 50s, early 60s with her husband. I don't know. I mean, like, look, Tony, Tony doesn't have uh, that many. Uh, he, he's quite adulterous, but you know, when it comes to what they do together, it, it could be worse. He's not as bad as the other guy that uh, that friend who uh, who did the duel. I don't know. Tony oh, has right. Tony has a lot of baggage. Tony clearly has some sort of complex with his mother. <laughs> he does Margaret oh, not? That's <laughs> <It's> true. <okay. laughs> he is trying to hide his polio from Margaret in addition to his affairs. I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, oh yeah. That was, that, it was weird how, how quickly they just brushed past that. Yeah. He has his cane and he like, he hears Margaret coming in and then like quickly like hides it under his couch. I hope that, <laughs> I hope that comes back as a plot point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I know, admittedly, I know very little about polio, but how, how does he go about hiding it the rest of the time? Um, he's in pain a lot, I assume. Yeah, I don't, I feel like I don't know enough about polio either. And it was not really addressed in the movie Hyde Park on Hudson that we watched. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but not not effectively, at least not effectively. No, (laughs) but yeah, it seems like he, one second he's like walking with a cane. The next he's like picking Margaret up and like, I don't know, like having sex on the floor. I just, (laughs) Does that not make sense to you? He, he has a bad leg. <laughs> he's a, he's an innovative man. No, it's... Um, well, I think he actually is, though. He doesn't make inventions, so yeah, this is perfectly... They're doing a good job characterizing him consistently. They are. I just so. don't... I don't like him. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> maybe sex makes the pain go away. Oh, possible. maybe. And that's why he does it so much with everybody. Indeed. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, what is Tony's juiciest affair? Do we think? Well, by whose standards? I just our own. Oh, our own personal standards. preference. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it got to be the fries, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. That's that's like a little polyamory, and like I think I think by couple. most people's standards, that would probably be the 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 crown jewel, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Quite an interesting man. Like, wow. Yeah. Imagine being that bold in 1959. Yeah, we get a little bit of them kind of like, you know, just hanging out, a little bit of them after sex. Who do we think Tony likes more? Is it Mr. Fry or Mrs. Fry? I mean, like, emotionally, I think he likes talking to Mrs. Fry more than Mr. Fry because he didn't say too much. He doesn't seem like the conversational type. But, like, you know, we didn't get to see any sex Mr. Fry is his best man, though. Oh, oh. But, like, Mrs. Fry couldn't be his best man. So, like, we don't know if he would have picked her if the situation True. had been different <laughs> yeah this episode really raised more questions than it answered it definitely did i want to talk about my favorite part of the episode uh, or i guess not part but like my favorite aspect of the episode which i feel is the relationship between queen elizabeth and princess margaret because i feel like whenever they have these confrontations it's always fire 
they always get so into it and they come up with these scathing barbs towards one another. And I have to admit, I do feel bad for Margaret. All she wants to do is announce her, <laughs> announce her engagement and she's outdone by an unborn Prince Andrew. Just terrible. I, I got to say, like, after, uh, you know, Elizabeth uh, approved, uh, you know, the, the proposal and, and, and the, the upcoming wedding, um, I think, like, you know, a couple of scenes later, a couple scenes later, we get that establishing shot of Michael Dean walking down the hallway uh, toward the queen. And literally, as soon as, like, that shot came onto the screen and we saw Michael and Dean, I burst out laughing because I knew where things were headed like i i knew like oh you know here here comes uh here come the uh you know the uh, the administrators to like you know throw out some technicality as to why this uh you know marriage can't go through uh you know the way that margaret intends like it, it just just seeing michael adina on screen like already told me everything i needed to know poor margaret <laughs> my favorite michael adina moment was at the party do you know the moment that i'm talking about um Queen Elizabeth is uh, like, can you look into, you know, can you look oh, into sure. him? Oh, sure, yeah. And Michael yeah, Dean yeah, is yeah. like, I was just, she's like, what do you mean? I was trying to remember if there was any other moment, but yeah, yeah, of course. And then she just <laughs> stares at him for like 15 seconds. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. Oh, the secretaries this episode. You just know that they like had the worst time doing this research. And like they might have been scarred. Like doing this, it's quite incredible. I don't think they've ever had to do a job like this before. I don't think this has ever been something they even knew existed. They just got to learn so much in their research. <laughs> Let's talk about Tommy. Because I feel like this is, is this the second episode in a row where Tommy has just come in like full monologue oh. mode? I yeah. feel like it's been every like episode for, for like half the season now. Why, like, did, to why did Tommy He's not quit? retired. <laughs> he never retired. I swear to God, this man. Like I've been, I've been losing my mind for a few weeks now. Every time Tommy like shows up in the episode, like I, I just get angrier and angrier because he's supposed to be gone. Sorry, I mean, um, Tommy's still alive today. He's gonna be here for the rest of the series, obviously. He's actually gonna be on the podcast next week, Ivan. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we, we've got a score to settle, so that's fine. But I mean, everything has been leading up to this, right? Like Tommy all season has just wanted to be a spy so bad. <laughs> we saw it with um, <laughs> what Mike's wife. He's trying so yeah. hard to be like, you know, incognito. It all like came together here. And I wish that we had been able to see this like reconnaissance, like intelligence gathering mission of Tommy. Can oh. we have like one spinoff episode of just Tommy <laughs> trying to get information? You just know he had to go to some like... Really counterculture art scene. Yeah. <laughs> to interview who, a lot who, of gay people to figure this out. Who would have given them that information? Like, yeah, like among the types of individuals that they would even do business with or interview or, or take the time to talk to, like, who's going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, here come some, you know, squares from, from the... <laughs> from the royal administration and I'm just going to tell them everything about like this cool guy I know. I mean, if you pay them, if they need money. That's got to be it. But like I'm I'm just even yeah, wondering yeah, like yeah, no, you know where where do, where do they get like that photograph of Mrs. Fry? Like that seems like something from her Instagram feed like and, and I don't think that was around <laughs> back then. I I don't know. That's that's a good question. Who's the rat? It's Mr. Fry. <laughs> All the, along. That's the other thing 
I don't really understand. It's like, how is <gasps> Wait, Mrs. Wait, what if Fry- it was hit? The, 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 her, M- Margaret's, um, what, not handmade? What, oh, what the lady in, lady in waiting. Yeah. Lady in waiting. Oh. oh, yeah. What the hell happened to her? Like, where is <laughs> she? At? She's the rat. The, yeah, the other thing I don't understand is how is Mrs. Fry so sure that the baby is Tony's? Okay, that's what I don't get. Like, are we trying to imply that, like, when they would have their little threesomes, that, like, Mr. Fry would only, like, exclusively be with Tony? Like, what's going on here? How would you know that? Is he actually yeah. gay? <laughs> is this what they're trying to say? It's like, this arrangement is just so, like, they can still feel close. They just bring their third man in. <laughs> or second man, I guess. Yeah. The implications here. What's going on in the crown? I don't know who created this show, so I don't know who to ask. Is it Peter Morgan? Yeah, it's yeah, just it is Peter, Peter Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, questions for Peter Morgan. One thing, when another thing that I didn't understand on the whole like um, Tommy Michael Adine train is that at first Liz is so adamant that she is going to support Margaret and Tony's marriage no matter what, and then Michael comes in and he's like, "There's one slight problem with that. Does Michael know that Queen Elizabeth is pregnant before Queen Elizabeth?" Yeah, that, uh, that, I was a little know? confused about that. Like, does she not know she's um, pregnant until Michael Adine is like, hey, by the way, you are pregnant. Oh, I assume that, like, Liz made Michael say it so she wouldn't have to. Yeah, I was just a little bit confused about that, but... Because she would have had the blood tests or whatever they did back then, so I think she would have had an inkling. Yeah, maybe he saw the results before she did. Perhaps. Who knows? So mm-hmm. what I was confused about with the pregnancy is, like, how much of a time jump was there in this episode? Oh, I assume six months. I was like, wait, is this baby being born at like four right. months? No, it's got to be. Didn't mo- make it clear. Well, no, it has to be three months, right? Or six months, sorry. Because the episode yeah, starts yeah. in what, August? August of 59, yeah. And she's 14 weeks pregnant, she mentions at yeah, one point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is like three months. So. Was there just like yeah. an implicit time jump or did they actually have a time card? Well, they had a time card in the beginning of the episode, but then, you know, at some point, like Elizabeth is now just, you know, what, like eight months pregnant. And I mean, yeah, it's got to be at least six months because she tells Margaret at one point that she's got to wait another six months and Margaret's married by the end of the episode. But but how how premature was the birth? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, it it seemed like it seemed like it was kind of happening like like out of shock and and probably a little early. Right. (laughs) There was so much. Yeah. Actually, now that we're now that I'm thinking about it, so much pregnancy drama in this episode. Yeah. It's just wild. The most I, I thought it was really funny. I'm sorry. It was kind of. It was super soapy. <laughs> I I don't think I like this episode. Unfortunately, like <laughs> this this episode, like as a follow up to you know the previous Margaret centric episode, just kind of fell flat for me because it it didn't have like the same sexual tension. It it didn't really have like any kind of like build up or, or grand payoff to anything at all. Like it, it all just kind of limped along and, and all of the, uh, you know, kind of, I hesitate to even call them revelations, but just the discoveries that like, Oh yeah, they both have, uh, you know, other reasons for getting married to each other beyond just, uh, you know, their attraction to one another. Like they, they all had ulterior motives. Like, I don't know. It, it, it didn't land for me, unfortunately, which is yeah. too bad. Cause I love me a Margaret episode. Margaret episodes are are great, but uh, yeah, 
No, for sure. You really have to buy into, I think, sympathizing with Tony as a character, which I've already expressed I found very difficult to do. But I'm curious, do either of you, like, feel any sort of, like, empathy towards Tony and his mother and just his whole upbringing and his sad backstory? I think the problem is because, like, there were several scenes, you know, throughout this episode from very early on that not only had Tony in them, but they were, like, very heavily tony's pov like in fact like this episode was really more him than it was margaret in many ways Mm -hmm. um and i just don't think we've spent enough time with him for for us to become that emotionally invested in his own arc like to me like he was an accessory to margaret's character development and it just suddenly the spotlight was you know shined upon him and i I don't know it 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 didn't do it for me oh i i quite liked it i don't know i buy on i I think he's an interesting addition to the cast that's kind of like not needed, but like it does add a lot to have someone like with his background, his personality, like his viewpoint in the royal family. So like I can appreciate that up until we uh we get to like Diana and like that sort of like it's a little juicier. So like I however he had to get into the family, I'm kind of fine with. I don't but, know. But I let me ask he... you this, Carlin. Let me ask you this. What? If it weren't Matthew Good like would would it (laughs) even make like the same well it wouldn't even make the same impression like matthew good is doing a lot of heavy lifting here and making this character like charismatic and interesting like i I feel like a lesser actor would have probably failed to even make this character compelling i suppose so they do get very good actors on the crown so you would assume they would get someone good i i don't know i'm still gonna buy into this i see the critique i accept it like i said for me I'm fine with it. I think they did pack a lot of punch into this episode. I will admit, I don't think we got enough Margaret. Like you said, it's really Tony point of point of view. And like his decision into this marriage is kind it's like interesting enough, but I don't think it's going to be followed up on as much as Margaret and her, like the consequences of her marrying Tony. So I think that's probably going to be a weak point going forward by not having like mm-hmm. really steady Margaret point of view of like why she did this. Because I mean, like you can you can implant even kind of I can't think of the word infer like why she did it, but like you kind of have to. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like this, this, this like episode was nowhere near the emotional climax of their story. This is all probably set up for messier things to come. I assume so. I mean, because it's (laughs) they're making it very clear. I mean, the other problem though is none of these marriages, like even. Elizabeth and Philip, like no one really seemed to have gone in it into it for like pure love. I don't like I look at this show and I always wonder, like, was there any royal couple where like they genuinely would have gotten married regardless of whether or not there were all these institutions in place where like you kind of had to have these roles filled? And it's like, I guess Queen Mother and Birdie. But like otherwise, I think there's an implication that like Philip didn't entirely do this for love. Like they're still pretty. They're probably going to be on more steady footing than margaret and tony but you're like ah it must be so fun to marry for other reasons there is how there is actually a pretty strong case to be made for philip having done it like purely for love because he again seemed very surprised that all of like the commitments and expectations that came with him marrying into the royal family like it's almost like he wasn't really like ready for that stuff but uh speaking of philip 
like uh, just oh, b- before we forget like his rant at the party about like how <laughs> how easily like you know this new counterculture and these you know outsiders were being ushered into the family you know in in contrast to all the resistance that came with him being um uh married into it like i mean i i, I kind of got like you know where he was coming from but you know at the same time it's philip so of course you're like oh shut up I think the funny thing is it's like a sibling thing. Like, you know, when like the older sibling has to go through a bunch of shit to get something, then the parents like get lax by the second kid. And you're just like, are you serious? (laughs) That's just like the entire energy of Philip's rant. I love that whole scene, that whole scene at the party. They make it a big kind of theme about like, oh, it's the old world meets the new world. And just watching Elizabeth's face as these uncivilized people just encroach upon her space Small shades of a royal night out, but I loved oh it here God. even more. No, it's funny. Oh, yeah. but they start with that conga line, like- <laughs> and the queen mother was at, at the front of it. Oh, she was so ready to for the new guard, which is so ironic because she's so clearly not into like new things. Occasionally, she's probably though. bored out of her mind. Like this is oh, this is the first well, time yeah. she has hung out with anybody under the age of thirty in in a very <laughs> long time. I mean, that's true. I still think it's kind of funny that Philip considers himself the old guard when, like, you think about the actual age difference in the generations between, like, him and Margaret. It's probably rather insignificant. I don't actually know how old anyone is, but, like, I'm assuming it's under 10 years. Did they did they mention that, like, Tony was 29 or something? Yeah, yeah they're, they're both, both 29. They're both 29. Which is a respectful okay. marrying age. So, like, I Margaret, I, I get you. Yeah, got to do it before you hit 30. Once you hit 30, oh, it's over for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Speaking of this, you know, theme of old and new, we get a scene where Tony and Margaret are talking about like they're kind of brainstorming about the venue of where they should have their wedding. And I just feel like we were robbed of a Las Vegas Tony and Margaret wedding. (laughs) Oh, my God. We were robbed. Like, can you imagine? We were robbed. We were robbed of a wedding scene altogether. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? I mean, I want to see if the spectacle that margaret was aiming for like ended up you know coming to pass like did it really end up being more extravagant than elizabeth's wedding like we don't know i mean i don't know if we were supposed to imply that by the amount of like loving uh people going to watch the wedding because i don't know because we never get to like isn't every royal wedding kind of the same like you can only fit so many people in the abbey it's about like how many people are outside I don't know, guys. I haven't watched Royal Wedding ever. I don't know. It just makes me feel even more like this marriage is not a long-term thing. Yeah, I, I, the problem is I, I assume this is probably one of those like iconic moments where like if you know the royal family, you'd be like, oh, yes, Margaret and Tony's wedding. But like they didn't really quite have the grandeur of like what I assume again, jumping the gun here, where like a Charles and Diana is going to look like, like where you really like from cinematography standpoint of like focusing on that grandeur. So I don't know if it's like a filmmaking problem or if they're trying to tell us something about the two of them. Well, again, it's also possible like they they deliberately didn't show the wedding because they they want to make it clear like them getting married isn't really the crux of the story. It's probably going to be the stuff that happens afterward that they want to point our attention toward. Uh, I, I think... Uh, we did get a very satisfying scene, though, in the you know car ride with uh, Tony and his mother, where you know he was seemed to be kind of uh, grandstanding and trying to get the last word in, and then she you know says you know I hope you didn't all 
I hope I hope you didn't do all this for me. Oh, I swear! Can you imagine the crisis? The moment you hear that, all that those was men need some therapy. Yeah. Stat. What blows my mind about the situation is that Margaret doesn't just go behind Elizabeth's back at this point and just do what she wants, anyways, because. Liz has done Margaret dirty so many times. Like the fact that Margaret just doesn't go to the press herself and be like, "Hey, guess what? I'm engaged." Is I was very surprised by that because, like, it, it it seems like there would probably be like very little like ramifications to that, right? Like, what's to stop Tony from making the announcement? Exactly. Um, I think he would get a little slap on the wrist. But I think that, see, this is why we needed Margaret's point of view, because I bet there would have been like a deleted scene of her like deliberating about whether or not to do that. And I think it's a really interesting character moment that she chooses not to, but we don't see wait, that. So. Wait, so so because Margaret had to delay the announcement of the wedding, does that mean that Peter Townsend did indeed get to announce his wedding beforehand and to to the to the chagrin of Margaret? That's implied, but we never see it. They, they really didn't finish that storyline. Yeah, I mean, he's there in that opening scene and then we never see him again. And like, I I get it and I don't because, again, all of this is like spurred from him, you know, having break broken their pact. And then there's just no real follow up on the Peter angle after that. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll follow up in like three episodes. (laughs) Just a little flash of Peter. I don't know. I feel like we're never going to see Peter again now. It just (laughs) I feel like this might have been curtains for Peter. Well, he did marry a 19-year-old, so, you know. True. And in 10 years, there'll be another 19-year-old. Well, at that point, oh, it's like, why, see, why did we see Peter at all? Like, what was the point? To get a shirtless scene? I don't know. They just contractually, <laughs> everyone's contractually obligated to not have a shirt on this episode. Did Did Philip have a shirt on? Did he ever take off his shirt? Um, I think he did have a shirt on the entire time. Well, and he, con- he continued his theme of ill-fitting suits. <laughs> Well, oh, Philip. Well, th- I think this was the uh, maybe the first. Ep- no, couldn't have been the first. But I remember uh, this was at least the first episode of this season that had a nudity content warning at the beginning. Ah, uh, yes, with <laughs> their like artfully lighted sex scenes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, cause, cause, basically, what it, it's all just been like Philip's butt prior to this, right? I think so. I think we have not seen any royal titty, so. But we, we continued not to, to. These were common titties. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Could we you still... imagine? <laughs> Wait, did we? Yeah, we didn't see Margaret, right? We didn't see Vanessa Kirby like with those angles, correct? No, no. no. We can uh, disrespect <laughs> other people who are dead, but not royals. <laughs> no, how dare you? I mean, there wasn't a ton, I guess, besides that to talk about this episode. We can talk about... uh the uh what was it called twilight sleep and how um outrageous the way babies were born back then y'all oh yeah she got oh, full knocked out some, right that's some wild yeah. shit they used to just knock people out and use the forceps and pull the baby out and like is that why all boomers have brain damage like yeah probably oh yeah that's that where it was, all that was that was a sight to behold like i, I don't think i've ever seen like a depiction of anything similar to that in in any like film or television before in on one hand, I can see why that would be appealing to women, but apparently it was a very bad practice. That actually like... reminded me of one other. So Liz is out here getting full knocked out to have a baby. Meanwhile, we're, it's intercut with Phil playing squash and sucking oh, yeah. at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was the point of that? Wait, to show so, he okay, didn't so show what... up to his son's <laughs> birth. <laughs> 
when he really could have. Well, because it was a surprise like birth, like they they were like, you know, bringing in like, you know, emergency hospital crew to the palace. But I assume like Philip was just like he couldn't have been unreachable. There must have no, been some like assistant could've. private secretary with him. But but what I'm curious about is like, you know, that scene afterward where he, you know, sits down and turns on the radio and is, you know, greeted to the news of, of the birth of another, uh, you know, royal baby. Like, was that actually him finding out? Or at this point, was he already <laughs> briefed on it and was just sitting down to enjoy a drink in, in celebration? I, I, I had a tough time figuring that scene I- out. I don't know. He never got to see him even even look at this baby. I mean, like it was kind of clear he didn't really want this um other child. But come on, come on. Is it possible like that he was <laughs> chauffeured back to the palace, went inside, passed all of the guards and all of the uh, you know staff, took a shower, got dressed, poured himself you know a, a bottle of whiskey or a, a glass of whiskey, sat down, turned on the radio, and you know it's like oh apparently COVID-19 is a thing. Like, was he just like completely like in the dark about what was going on in the news? I guess so. Again, they didn't, there were so many things they didn't answer in this episode. You guys are right. They, why did they not make it clear when Philip found out about this baby? And if it was this late, who is not contacting him? Like, was Elizabeth just like, I don't want, I mean, like, I think it was a thing back then that like male partner, like the fathers wouldn't go into the delivery room. And you would just get drugged and um, your baby would be like pulled out with forceps and like that was it. But the delivery, they're in their house. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think he can show up. Like, it's just like so he was in the same building, presumably. Yeah. I, they just play squash they in the really basement. Don't tell Philip things. <laughs> that oh was also God. such a weird squash court. Like the dark walls. I mean, have you have you ever played squash or racquetball before? I've not um, played. Not like, I don't they're, think so. Their squash it's, outfits were what really blew my mind. They were like button-up shirts. Like the, those yeah. did not feel like proper yeah, athletic it was like a dress attire. Shirt. <laughs> it's the late fifties. I don't know. Just such a late fifties sequence. Both of them. The the twilight sleep. The the button-down shirts for squash. Oh, it was a it was a time. Oh my god! It's inter like, and this is in the context of Phil asking earlier if like having a baby hurt <laughs> he's like hey hey liz does the, does having a baby hurt like what does it feel like right now and then liz starts to tell him a little bit he's like nope i regret that choice and and he <laughs> and he didn't ask her like on the two occasions prior <laughs> i've been thinking about this for no, a while he didn't care back then <laughs> and he oh, was and really by, busy and, with the navy <laughs> oh by the way is this was this also our now uh like first close-up shots of Charles and Anne. Like they were part of like, you know, the montage of people getting ready for uh, the wedding ceremony. And like we we got uh, like, yeah, we actually got like a brief moment to focus on them. Good for them, I guess. I want to know how they, what did they think about this random child showing up? There's no, why do we not get Charles and Anne episodes until they're assumedly adults? I want to know what they're thinking about right now. Can you imagine if like, some of the B plots of the crown were Charles and Anne in like primary school, just dealing with schoolyard drama. Please. There probably was a time, Where's right? Bonus like, episode said it. Um, you've got to be bullied. <laughs> I don't know. Where are they? Or do the bullying. I'm sure they're bullied. Oh, they could also be Charles the bully. is bullied. I think Anne's probably holding her own. Yeah, I would agree with that. Do you really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's talk about that last 
Liz and Margaret scene because Liz has promised that she's not going to do anything to interfere with Margaret's wedding, but she just can't help herself. She has this information and she just can't keep it to herself. She needs to say something, even though she knows it's going to cause some drama. She just like didn't have to look this up. Like, girl, just go in blind. It's fine. I, I think she was probably trying to like, you know, look up... Uh... To see if there was like another Philip-esque Nazi connection. And and what they ended up discovering <laughs> instead was probably not even close to what she was expecting. Can you imagine you go in thinking, oh, maybe he has Nazi connections. And then you just oh, no, find he, he's, out he's gay. But, but oh no, he's gay. And that's worse. Oh, so bad. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Yeah. I mean... Uh, uh, I, like I, I, I mean, I, okay. I, I imagine to some degree, you know, Liz probably had some good intentions and maybe assumed like, yeah. oh, uh, maybe Margaret is under the impression that they are, uh, you know, in a monogamous relationship, and you know, I, it's better that she know about this sooner uh, than later. So, so like, I kind of get it, but um, e- even like with the best of intentions, there's just like Elizabeth is just incapable of communicating anything like that with Grace. But I don't, doesn't Margaret kind of know that he's like, that he's bi or he's a little gay or is she just like, well, it, it's not even, it's not even the sexual orientation. I think it's the affairs and, and the number yeah. of them that are happening concurrently. Oh man. I guess they just didn't care about STDs back then. I mean, not that anyone really cares now, but <laughs> that's so bad. I can't even imagine. Margaret says in this scene that she knows now who she is and what she represents. And what that is, is a woman in her own right for the modern age who is free to live and love and break away. That's what she says. (laughs) Yas queen. (laughs) Which again, I think it's like, I have to agree with Elizabeth just on the point of like, you're not going to break away because you haven't yet. After all this, no, these barbs oh at the God. end were, but yeah, I mean, Emmy Emmy material. Oh yeah, still can't believe Vanessa. Did Vanessa Kirby not win? Come on, a cat. It's not the I'm not sure. Emmy people. The Emmy people. Do you know any Emmy people? By the way, um, I know someone who won an Emmy, but that's it. I know someone named Emmy. I know somebody who. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. I know like one Emmy voter personally, and it. Oh my god! Like, and it completely like destroyed my faith in the entire system. Like it's like, oh, if this person gets to cast a vote, that th- it, it's not a meritocracy. Forget about it. You thought the award show was oh. fair and just? No, no. I think I think I just had like a perception that it was all like you know very um, knowledgeable and experienced, albeit elitist and snooty. You know Hollywood types, but. No, no, the person I know, it's like they, they should not be allowed to like pass judgment on anything. I want to be an Emmy voter. So 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 that is to say, like if Vanessa Kirby did, uh, you know, not uh, win an, uh, an Emmy and, and should and should have, it'll probably be because of people like this individual that I know. Good to know. All right. Um, anything else to mention from matrimo- uh, Matrimonium before we dive into the Kinky Crown Award nominees? I think we're good here that this episode put me to twilight sleep. Oh my God, you're so mean. <laughs> Carlin's over here like, I kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Whatever. All right. Well, Ivan, in that case, um, I'll let you go first. Many options to choose from. 
what kinky crown awards should we be looking at or nominees should we be looking at this week oh man i mean they were all so subtle weren't they (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i I guess i'll go with like the philip's barmaid fantasy with with elizabeth and 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 the pouring of the drink like Mm -hmm. Are we in, well, I'll, I'll throw that one. Are we including his foot fetish in with that as well, since it all kind of happened at the same time? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's just say that that whole scene, like, <laughs> and all of the just batshit craziness that came with it. Definitely up there. Carlin, what else did we see this episode? So my major ones, did Tony slap the Queen Mother's butt during the conga sequence? Or who slapped Queen Mother's butt? Someone did. Oh, I Was didn't notice Tony? that. I, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was Maybe like this when was a they good were, episode. <laughs> I I think it was Tony and Queen Mother. Someone slapped Queen Mother's butt. I'll check on that. But like, and then my other one was <laughs> Jim and Phillips like squash game. <laughs> so much weird homoerotic sports things happen to him. Let's see what else. I mean, there's the sex scene on the stairs mm-hmm. um, with Jackie, who is, is Jack, okay, Jackie's ask, a dancer. Who with? Jackie mm-hmm. was the dancer, and then there was another relationship with an actress, I want to say, that we didn't see. I don't think we saw her at all. Yeah. There's obviously oh, the Fry yeah. relationship. You, you got you got to get more specific, Sam. What's your nomination? <laughs> I mean, I think it's probably the stair sex, but I feel like my vote just has to go to the barmaid foot fetish combo. Yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm sticking with that as well. <laughs> Carlin, is it unanimous, or yeah, are you going I mean, that, to... There was something very funny about elizabeth like not being into it there there was just something about like just the mere fact that like they were talking about elizabeth's breasts like in 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 any like form or fashion something about it just seemed so like uncomfortable and and just like uh, the wrong kind of innuendo yeah which is why it has my vote i wrote that that was actually my note I said he tries to talk dirty to her, and I've never felt more uncomfortable. It's it's very strange to think they have sex. I'm sorry. I I I think it's like hearing Philip like talk about like uh, okay no just forget it no it, there there was just something <laughs> like it 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 it, it like it, it took like okay let me put it this way like hearing him talk about it that way like took the fun out of women's breasts for me. <laughs> Like he ruined it. Like he ruined it. He ruined it. Wow. Just Ivan will never enjoy another tit again. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um. Speaking of, I guess we didn't mention this. Philip is going to be walking Princess Margaret down the aisle, right? He's going to play the birdie role. Yeah, which I thought was kind of nice. Yeah. I don't know. There's always a weird energy when the two of them are alone. I don't know. I think there's always a weird energy there. Yes. There's kind of a dual energy of sweet and. Weirdly sexual. Yeah. <laughs> they got both. Yeah. Like, Princess Margaret comes out, and he's like, wow. Well, I mean, he has to say she's beautiful. That's like what dads say to their daughters when they walk down the aisle. Yeah, but it's not about what you... It's like, yeah, it's you guys, about you guys how are you ruining say this. I thought, I thought that scene was so nice and wholesome. No, no yeah, way. Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with it. Sam, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> no way. All right. I think that's really it. There wasn't... Right, we've already declared another- a winner pretty straightforward episode i feel like a lot of the the episodes we've been watching these past couple weeks have been pretty just like plot good good yeah (laughs) i thought you didn't like this one good times (laughs) they're pretty good 
No, no, no. I, I, sorry, I, I think our audios might be slightly out of sync. I was going to say the other episodes we've been watching in the past few weeks have been good in contrast. <laughs> oh. No, this is a banger season. Y'all are... <laughs> Well, you know, we have three more episodes to, you know, try and pick it up before we reach the end here. So let's take a look and see. Next week, we will be diving into The Crown, uh, season two, episode eight. And this episode is called, oh, and this episode is called Dear Mrs. Kennedy, inspired by Jackie Kennedy and against her government's wishes, Elizabeth takes an unconventional approach to resolving an issue with Ghana. My favorite episode. Let's go. You big uh, Jackie O fan? Oh yeah, who doesn't love Jackie O? Marilyn, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Marilyn loved Jackie O. You know everything there is to know about Marilyn. <laughs> cool. All right, so that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Um, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Ivan, where can people find you on social media if they want to reach out to you? Ah, there's no need for social media. Just meet me on the squash courts. <laughs> Carlin, what about you? Um, Twitter, um, at Carlin Greenwald, and Instagram, at Carlin underscore G-E-E. Awesome. And I am on Twitter at Sir Sam Chung, but the best place to find all the latest on the podcast is on Twitter at Crown Around Pod or at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash crowning around. Uh, that's all for this week. We'll see you next time when we talk about Dear Mrs. Kennedy. And God save the queen. God save the God queen. God save the queen.